Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Driving Theology. This is Mike. I'm on my way to work. It is a uh, slightly rainy Wednesday morning, September the 23rd, uh, day after the uh, first day of autumn, I guess, which was yesterday. Uh, we are currently in Japan expecting a typhoon, but it looks like it's going to be a near miss. It was supposed to be a lot worse weather today, but it's really not bad. Just just a little sprinkly, that's about it. Um, so because of that, all, all of my, uh, well, some of my plans were canceled. I, on Thursday, I was supposed to go do some uh, raft guiding. Uh, which is tomorrow, but that's been canceled and postponed because of the bad weather. Well, I say canceled and postponed. I suppose it's postponed, but I haven't been told of the new date yet. Uh, yeah, so that's what's going on here. Uh, still dealing with just a little bit of tooth pain. Having it worked on for two days in a row. It's been over a week now, but I still, yeah, there's still some, I don't know, it's almost like muscle pain. And I wish now that I would have taken some ibuprofen before I left, so I may have to find some ibuprofen at lunch while I'm out. I don't think I have any with me. Yeah, my tooth can get to hurting a little bit still. It's almost my jaw more than my tooth, I guess. Um, Last week, uh, I did talk a little bit about pain and how how people that experience pain uh, can lash out and act in different ways. And all we see is their actions and don't realize the the reason for their actions. We don't see the pain uh, behind their uh, anger or frustration or uh, impatience. Um, maybe even, you know, hate. Uh, but pain has a profound impact on people. It, it can uh, turn you uh, into a very self-centered, uh, angry person. And really understandably so. Um, especially for those who experience great pain of some kind. Uh, and so last week we talked about how, sorry, I'm a little sniffly this morning. Uh, last week we talked about how the pain, uh, you know, when we deal with people and, and they are nasty to us or, uh, you know, come across as selfish or whatever, we can try to look past their actions to, to see the, the pain uh, whether physical, mental, emotional, or whatever, uh, behind their actions so that we can actually help them. Uh, but I want to talk from the other side of pain today. Uh, and that is, uh, in what ways can pain, uh, with I think with the help of the Spirit in you, can pain actually humble you? Right? Um, 
in what ways can pain actually make you a nicer person, a gentler person, a more caring and understanding person. And I think this is the Jesus way of dealing with pain and suffering. Um, I certainly uh, understand the natural reaction to pain can be something quite different than this. Uh, but the, the example that Jesus gives us of a person who lived with pain uh, is that pain can be turned into something good and positive for those around you. Your pain uh, can bring healing to other people. Now, of course, uh, the ultimate example of this is the cross itself, right? Where Jesus' pain uh, brought healing for the rest of the world, in a sense, right? Um, and, I, and I've talked at length, I think, about how I think that worked. Uh, I don't think it actually brought healing as much as it revealed uh, the love of God uh, and the acceptance of God of the world even while we were in our sins. Uh, so I don't think it necessarily caused healing, uh, but it was certainly the catalyst that realized that that helped people to realize who God is, who is what his character is, and the fact that that he's willing to experience pain uh, and even death, uh, so that we might come into the knowledge uh, that he is love, that he loves us and only only loves us, uh, and I think that's what the cross did. So the cross, of course, of course, is the ultimate example of that. But I think Jesus lived this example in his life as well, that even though he was uh, outcast at different times in his life, uh, he was homeless, uh, hungry, um, he was um, misunderstood, uh, he was ridiculed, uh, he, he chose to never um, lash out from his pain but instead always exhibited love and caring even to those who were doing him wrong. Now this doesn't mean that he didn't stand up for people who were being wronged. He did that, right? He, he stood up to the Pharisees who were oppressing uh, the, the people around them, making them adhere to an impossible standard uh, that not even the Pharisees truly adhered to, right? And so he was quite uh, critical of them um, because they were oppressing other people. Uh, but he didn't lash out when he was being attacked. Uh, as the prophecy says, like a lamb who is led to slaughter, he did not open his mouth, right? And so even though he knew what, you know, the um, trajectory of his life was going to be a gruesome death, uh, nevertheless, he, he didn't lash out against that, uh, that fate that he had been uh, uh, 
the fate that he had been dealt, uh, but continued to love people even though he was rejected and, and outcast and ridiculed and, and spat upon and beaten and eventually uh, tortured and killed. All through that, his example was uh, others. He, 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 his focus was never on himself, but always on others, uh, which is the heart of God, right? The heart of God is agape love, this, this other loving um, uh, force, if you will, that, that is within uh, Jesus within God uh, and of course that's what pours out of Jesus so how do you get to the point where you can become a person who absorbs pain and yet only uh, exudes life and love right how, how can we get to that point how is that possible um, and I guess I'll say I haven't done that and I think I admitted the last time that the, what I realized the pain was making me do was to become incredibly self-centered um, last week when I dealt with so much pain in my tooth I became very self-centered you know all I could think about was me and my pain and how am I going to get rid of it right which gave me an understanding of why maybe other people are self-centered uh, or angry or nasty or whatever. Sorry, I keep rehashing what I was doing last week. So, back to, back to uh, the task at hand. How can we become a person who uh, endures pain, right? Absorbs pain even, but only exudes love and life. And, and care uh, short answer is I have no idea because I haven't been that person yet maybe I have in, in spurts you know once in a while uh, little by little but it's certainly not my go to because really uh, compared to people around the world I haven't experienced all that much pain let's be honest uh, I've never gone hungry I've never had to go without a meal. Uh, I've, I've always had uh, a roof over my head. Uh, and I've always had people around who care for me. Uh, I've never lived in a totalitarian government. Uh, I've never been uh, a victim of racial injustice. Right? I've never been profiled because of the color of my skin. Uh, or because of my gender, right? Uh, in a lot of ways, unfair as it is, I've been kind of on the top of the food chain, right? Being a, a white male. Um, and so because of this, I haven't had to endure a lot of pain compared to, let's say, if, if I were a... Uh, a person of color living in uh, 1980s South Africa, for example, or if I were a Jew uh, living in uh, 1930s Germany, uh, 
Um, or if I were a Native American uh, living in the 1800s in America. The kind of pain that those people have experienced, I have not experienced. The kind of uh, unfair, uh, almost fatalistic, uh, systemic pain, I haven't had to face that. And yet, and yet, whatever pain I have faced, I believe I can use it uh, to be of greater value to the people around me in my context. Um, and I think with, you know, the fact that I haven't experienced a lot of pain gives me more of a responsibility uh, well, maybe not more of a responsibility. I, certainly more opportunity. I should be more grateful, right? Um, to be a better person, right? We have no excuse to be so bitter uh, and, and angry and selfish, right? But I suppose that is one of the things that pain can do for you. It can give you perspective. Uh, because when you are having to endure the pain, uh, you look forward to a time when there is no pain. And so when finally the pain goes away, the amount of gratitude for that would be quite dramatic, right? You notice when the pain leaves. You may notice, you may not notice as the pain creeps into your life slowly. It may take a while before you register it as pain. Um, but certainly once you are, are dealing with that pain, you know when it leaves. All right, you're aware of that um, and grateful. And uh, it brings a, a kind of euphoria, right? Um, that happened. I experienced that euphoria last week, even. Uh, where the pain would, you know, I suddenly realized the pain's not there, and it would just, ah, uh, finally, you know, there's a, a, a sigh of relief. Uh, finally, you can start enjoying your life just a little bit. And then, and then, be, <laughs> before that's gone, this you have this foreboding uh, premonition that the pain might return at any moment, you know. And what's that going to be like? So yeah, we it really causes us the pain to be very self-centered. But there have been people throughout history who have dealt with incredible adversity. Um, and yet overcome it, right? Uh, I look at people like uh, Martin Luther King and uh, Gandhi, of course, Jesus and the apostles, um, St. Francis, uh, all kinds of people who have turned their pain 
into a blessing for other people. So, we, we've talked about contemplation before, something that <laughs> I have been uh, uh, contemplating being more contemplative, uh, and I have not reached that uh, ability yet to, to have a greater um, habit of contemplation. But some of the things I've learned through reading and uh, reading from other contemplatives is that we are basically a um, trinity, right? Our, our person is a trinity. We're made of a body, a soul, and a spirit. And the body is probably the first and loudest and most obnoxious member of the three which tries to take control of the life, of your life. The body and its appetites and its desires and its needs, right? Uh, and then as we get older and we get wiser, the mind can come in and control the body a bit. Okay, so the mind can come in uh, and say, well, wait a minute, you, you can... If you if you'll endure the pain and run uh, for 30 minutes every day, uh, I can I can think forward and with my wisdom I will know that in the in the long run that will be good for you. It will be good for your health. And so and so the mind can convince the body to to endure uh, hardship and pain for some future benefit. Right? The mind is able to do that through our wisdom. The problem is, through our wisdom and, and maybe having some success, some successful thoughts and ideas, the mind can become prideful, and the mind then uh, can attempt to rule the life. And so it, it rules uh, it, it, you know, through probably some discipline, it's able to rule the body somewhat, uh, and then the mind will take over. And it will rule the three, the body, the soul, and the spirit. But the spirit is ever-present, right? It's part of you. It's not something that will ever go away. It is the, the divine spark of you, if you will. It is, the, it, it is the, the core of you that is made in the image of God. That spirit is the best of you. It's the best part of you. Um, and it is the part that is the most attuned uh, to the voice of God, your spirit. But just as God is not one to force himself upon us, neither is your spirit ever going to force its way upon your life. Your spirit, which is still a part of you, is the quietest, the gentlest, the most loving, uh, the part of you that is selfless, the part of you that is good. But it's also the part of you that is the quietest and the gentlest. And so it's not ever going to force its way into the leadership of yourself, your body, your soul, and your spirit. 
Um, and so the, the body and the soul, soul is another word for your mind, the body and your mind must subject itself willingly to the spirit in order to uh, live as the best version of itself. Um, the spirit is the most capable of leading yourself, of leading your life. It is the, it is the one thing that uh, is wiser than the self and more capable than the body. But it's also um, love, and it, it will only it will only rule your life uh, when allowed to freely, right? When almost asked to, invited to, and your soul, uh, sorry, your spirit. Then, when given when given the reins of the life. Uh, can then connect freely with the divine life, right? The creative spirit, the creator spirit, uh, who is God. Um, and so getting yourself to the point where your spirit is, is leading your life uh, is where you can become the best version of yourself. It's where you can become the most human. Which is interesting and your most human self will be the self that most reflects the divine most reflects the true love of Christ and so what what pain has to do or really what pain does do the, the they're really the 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 option left to us Right, because we live in a fallen world, um, the option left to us to attain to the Spirit of Christ, to connect to the Spirit of Christ, unfortunately, is pain. Pain is the thing that, if if we use in a positive way, we can use it to be the catalyst or the bridge uh, for our spirit. To connect to the divine spirit. Um, and so those who have endured pain and yet been selfless, loving, caring, healing people have discovered how to do that. that that's what they have accomplished. They have, uh, uh, again, absorbed the pain uh, and allowed that to help them humbly uh, connect to their own spirit and thereby to the divine spirit. Um, a word of caution, apparently, at least it has been said, I don't know whether it's so or not, but if you stop with your own spirit, it just becomes another kind of a idolatry. So you, if you are not able to use your spirit to, convect, to, to connect to the divine spirit, 
then it becomes a sort of uh, self-worship, I guess. Um, our spirit is not the the um, should not be the desire, the end desire, right? We should we should want to uh, connect better better with our own spirit, so that we can connect with the divine spirit, right? And so I guess what I'm fumbling around trying to say is that pain is, right? It just exists. There's all kinds of it. Uh, assuming that one person's pain is worse than yours is a dangerous game to play. Or assuming that your pain is worse than theirs, right? Because we can only know our own pain intimately. Um, it's very difficult for us to really get inside of someone else's pain. And half the time, other people don't know where their pain's coming from. Sometimes even physical pain is present and they don't realize it. Um, so it's not a given that even if uh, people are in pain, they, they even know that they are in pain. There are some things that are so buried in our lives that... Uh, especially in our subconscious, things from our past, things that have happened, uh, things that we believe that we don't realize we believe. Uh, all kinds of things can cause people to, to have pain. Um, so it's not, it's not necessarily a good game to try to guess whose pain is worse than whose. I think the best thing we can do is to use our own pain to bring healing to the pain of others. Right? I think that's the that would be the um, best use of pain. And life is pain, right? This is this has been said many times. Life is pain. <laughs> I think it's I think it's a quote from the movie uh, The Princess Bride. Life is pain. Um which is true, but you know Life is all kinds of other things, too. It's not just pain. And so I don't think you should go seeking out pain because I think there's enough to go around without you having to seek it out. You know, there have been people in the past, uh, and I believe they called themselves uh, flagellators. That doesn't sound right, though. That sounds like something else, but... Uh, people who would beat themselves, right, intentionally inflict pain on themselves in order to become more humble. Uh, I don't think you have to go that far. Because um, <clears throat> I think there's all kinds of other psychoses that uh, are present in that kind of a, a desire. Um, but it doesn't mean also that you have to try to avoid pain by all costs. Uh, a lot of people try to avoid feeling pain through alcohol and drugs and, and sex and all kinds of other ways. Um, it's understandable. Pain sucks. Um, last week when I was feeling my tooth pain, I wanted to to grab some whiskey or something and, and try to knock myself out or knock the pain out or something. I was, I was almost that desperate the pain was so bad. Um, 
kind of gotten used to the pain a bit. Still not fun, but it's not as bad as it was. But I understand that, right? I can understand the reason why people drink and become alcoholics. I get that, right? People want to drown out the pain. They want to dull the pain at least, right? They, they need some rest from the pain. I can't, you know, I can't fault them for that. Um, pain sucks and some people probably have way more than their share way more than they deserve in fact I, th I think that's, that's one of the messages of the cross is that the reason God was so willing to endure such horrible stuff was to show us that you know we didn't deserve to endure the horrible stuff we've been deserving you didn't deserve to have bad parents. You didn't deserve to be born with a faulty uh, physical body. You didn't deserve to be uh, born in a certain country or, or as a certain race or as a certain gender uh, and be in a country where those things are not valued. You didn't deserve that. <clears throat> uh, you don't deserve to be mistreated by classmates or coworkers. Uh, you don't deserve anything. And the reason we don't deserve any of the pain that we have to endure is because we did not ask to be born. And I think this is what Paul is talking about when he says that, that the future joy will be so much greater than our present pain. And I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember the exact quote. Um, but I believe that, that Jesus... Uh, has decided to make our future, our collective future, so great that it's going to make our pain um, something of a of a forgotten memory. I hope, at least something like that. This future joy that we can have with Christ will be better than our present pain. <clears throat> it will be the answer to our present pain, uh, I think is the message of Paul and of Christ. You don't deserve the pain you have. You don't deserve the pain you've had to deal with. You don't deserve the stress of having to raise kids. Uh, you don't deserve the stress of being a single mom. You don't deserve the pain of having been a victim of rape. You don't deserve any of those pains. None of us do. You don't deserve the guilt, right, that you, that you have because you've done something bad, because you've caused someone else pain. You don't even deserve that guilt. Because painful people... I guess the other way to say that is broken people break people, right? People who, who are broken are, are more apt to cause more brokenness in the world. That's why people who have a lot of pain are angry people. They break relationships. 
we break relationships when we're in pain. We at least put a great strain on them. But if there's somebody that has done wrong to somebody else, it's because wrong has been done to them at some point as well. On down the line. And none of it is our fault. Now you may think I'm trying to make some kind of a world where nobody is responsible for anything they do. Uh, and I think, I think you would be right except for one thing, and that is Christ, right? Christ exists. And Christ is in the business of transformation, of transforming pain uh, into joy transforming loss into gain, uh, transforming weakness into strength. Uh, when we re, 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 sorry, lacking a word here. When we recognize that Christ's salvation has been given to us regardless of how much pain we've caused or endured, regardless of anything we've done, that His grace has been extended to us, that He considers us not at fault anymore. That love which rushes into you, where you realize that everything you've ever done is forgiven, and everything you will ever do is forgiven, that Jesus does not believe that any of it is your fault and that he is in the process of reconciling all of creation back to himself and all of creation uh, basically contains everything that's ever been everything, every person, every molecule all matter right? all matter in all time He's in the process of reconciling all of that back to himself. Um, and then unfortunately, we are living while the process is still going on. But our present pain will be nothing when compared to our future joy. And that's what hope is, right? That's the hope we all have. The problem is, a lot of us like to extend that hope only to people who... Uh, fit our brand of uh, believer or or our um, our even country or race or whatever right but Jesus has extended that grace to all now you'll have you, you, you have some say as to whether you accept it or not right everybody will have that ability to accept it or reject it um, and I suppose it's possible that someone could have lived a life so full of pain that they will reject Jesus' grace, that they will reject his mercy, that they cannot forgive themselves for what they've done. I suppose that that is a possibility which is what keeps me from being a complete 
universalist. I'm a hopeful universalist, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be getting to my workplace here pretty soon. Uh, I hope that if you are in pain that you will find relief from that soon. Um, and I hope that you will find a way to alleviate other people's pain as well. Uh, even in some small way. Um, in fact, start small. If you don't think that's something that you're doing in your life now, find a way to start, but start small. Start realistic. Do something that you can do. And then try to try to build it into a habit. And then before you know it, it will be a lifestyle. That's what I wish for myself as well. <clears throat> Um, yeah, okay, that went to an interesting place, I guess. Uh, I didn't answer my question, which is how, how people in the past have, have positively dealt with pain and turned it into a blessing. I will say this, uh, part of it has to do with, uh, pilgrimage sometimes. Uh, part of it has to do with, uh, prayer. It always has to do with prayer and fasting, and contemplation, and meditation. Um, it has to do with self-sacrifice. Focusing on others. Okay? Uh, all of these things are things that you can do. Uh to use your pain, the pain that you have, in a positive way. And in so doing, be like Christ. Um, yeah, I think I can leave it right there. Uh, but I do pray for you if you are in pain. And I pray that you will find uh, healing and that you will be a, a healing balm to those around you. Thanks. Bye-bye.